right, go ahead and go to the book of Acts tonight. Acts chapter 11. And what I want to do tonight, I'm going to... Uh, you know, we're getting our text from the book of Acts, but I want to preach on a subject tonight that... You know, it's one that... It'll be a subject that's preached on, I think, often in a lot of other churches. And what I'm going to, what I'm going to do, I'm going to preach first what most people would preach you know, when it comes to the subject. But you know, a lot of the problem with the preaching in a lot of churches today, it's not what's being said, but it's what's not being said. There's a lot of things that preachers just don't want to preach about because it's unpopular. Maybe it makes people uncomfortable. It's not what they want to hear. And they'll take Scriptures you know, like the passage that we're looking at today, and they will preach you know, things that are true. But... They leave out other things too. And tonight, I'm going to give you both. I'm going to give you the popular part that's true, but then I'm going to give you the unpopular side of this thing too that's also true because uh, I want to be able to say, like Paul did, that, you know, I didn't hold back anything that was profitable to you. you know, And he laid it all out for the people in the churches where he would preach. And I want to lay it all out for you today too. And I'll tell you the pleasant with the unpleasant. And so let's look at Acts chapter 11, verse 26. And it says, And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. Alright, so right there is where we see the term Christian, where it originated, where it came from. The term Christian, it originated in Antioch. And it's interesting when you study, you know, just the history of different things, even names, uh, even the term Baptist, okay? A lot of times people might think that we got, you know, we accepted the name Baptist because, well, of John the Baptist, right? And John the Baptist baptized Jesus, therefore Jesus was a Baptist. But, you know, a when it called him John the Baptist, it called him that because he baptized people. He was a baptizer. That was what he did. And if you study Baptist history or church history, whatever you want to call it, you'll see that we weren't always called Baptists. There was other names that uh, people who taught the exact same doctrines that we do that they had. But uh, I think one of the things that gave us the name Baptist today is we were called by the Catholic Church Anabaptist. Which meant rebaptizers, because if somebody got saved out of the Catholic Church, we would baptize them for real, but they called it rebaptizing. And so the Anabaptists, and I don't know, the name kind of stuck. You know, well, we're not rebaptizers because if they just got sprinkled in a Catholic Church, they never really got baptized. But you know what? We do baptize people. Let's go with Baptists. You know, I mean, and so you can kind of see. How that happened, you see the same thing too with the term Christian. And many times, the names that people got in history, and in this case too, I believe it was it was the case, it wasn't necessarily a positive thing. You know, if somebody came to us and said, hey, are you a Christian? We would take that as a compliment, wouldn't we? But really, when the people were calling them Christians, it wasn't necessarily a compliment. It was kind of a, you know, just something that associated them with that fellow who called himself the Christ. And many people believe that it was kind of a, a negative term that they used. You know, if you came and, uh, you know, you started talking politics to me 
and you started talking about how you were in favor of big government and the government should be in control of everything and the government should pay for everybody's everything, you know, I might call you, you know, a Sandersite or something, you know, after Bernie Sanders. And uh, while I would be saying that as an insult, well, if you were a Bernie Sanders lover, you might take that as a compliment. And so if somebody, you know, there, I believe what happened here, they were calling him a Christian. It's kind of a negative thing, but that's a compliment, isn't it? It is a compliment to be associated with Christ. We'll take that. We'll wear it as a badge of honor. But the world doesn't ask, actually mean anything good when they're saying that, and I don't believe they meant it then. But you know, before we get into you know, the main part I want to talk about in this message, you know, whenever we look at this subject, a lot of times people will preach on the subject and you know about what the world thinks about us. You know, and really, how should the world feel about believers? You know, how should the world look at us? You know, and you know, when people look at you, okay, you personally, the people who know you, the people that know you're a Christian, you know, what what would they call you? What title would people give you? Have you ever made up a nickname for somebody? Have you ever done that? I mean, hey, we uh, the other day when we were out visiting, I, I literally was calling that one guy, referring to him as Bernie Sanders because he was a he was a Messianic Jew and he looked like Bernie Sanders and he kind of talked like Bernie Sanders and you know I didn't know what his name was so I was calling him Bernie Sanders because he he reminded me of Bernie Sanders and but I mean have you ever thought about that? I mean maybe I, maybe I'm the only one that does this but you know I've I've always. Called, made up nicknames for people, you know. If I don't know their name, I gotta call them something. Even if I know people sometimes, you know, I'll I'll give them a nickname. I've always done that. When I was on the bus route, I would give kids on the buses nicknames all the time. They all had nicknames and I was always calling them that. And then they would always ask me, Well, what's your nickname? And I would always respond, Most people call me Superman. But uh, that one, it, it never stuck. It never, it never stuck. That people never called me that. I just pretty much it was Brother Tommy. But have you ever thought about that? What do people call you? Because if somebody gives you a nickname, they're associating you with something. And you know, I, hopefully it would be good. But you know, I think there's a lot of Christians out there. They've been called hypocrite. Okay, hypocrite. You know. And other terms you could say that go along with hypocrite, you know, things like phony, two-faced, or you know, one of the most common ones, people like to use, they're no better than I am. Okay, and why, now why do people do that? People do it because there's a lot of people who call themselves, they call themselves Christian. They go around talking about how hey, I'm a Christian, I'm saved, but they don't act anything like Christ, do they? They've got a real bad attitude. You know, there's a lot of sin in their life. They're a very poor testimony. And you know, one thing we we don't see them running around calling themselves Christians in the Bible. We see the world calling them Christians in the Bible. And even though they meant it as an insult, it was a compliment. But let me tell you, hypocrites never a compliment. And there are many Christians today or saved people today that if you were to go and talk to their neighbors and hey, you know, give us one word to describe that neighbor. Hypocrite. Not not a good thing. Not something that we ought to be shooting for. I believe we ought to... I mean, if you claim to be a Christian, you ought to try to live up to that. You ought to try to set a good example. You ought to be aware of what people see when they look at you. And you ought to be careful about what you do. You ought to be careful about how you talk. That is very important because, I mean... There's not, you know, you might be 
the only chance that person has of being saved. And if you're two-faced, if you're phony, if you're no better than they are, okay, then you're going to have a tough time. And you know, the world expects Christians to be better than them. Now, they don't want to, they don't want to hear us say that we're better than them. Once again, they don't want, they don't, we shouldn't be going around saying, we're better than you, we're better than you. <laughs> That's going to get us in big trouble. But they do expect it, don't they? You know, the titles that we could say are good titles, we should try to earn those. We should try to get people saying that about us. Those are Christians. Those people act like Christ, not necessarily us going around and declaring ourselves all those things. We don't see that happening in the Bible, and I don't think we ought to shoot for that. And if we do, we might end up getting labeled some of these other things. But they didn't call them in Antioch hypocrites. They called them Christians because they reminded them of Christ. Maybe you get called judgmental, alright? I mean, nobody's ever heard of a saved person that was judgmental before, have you? Oh yeah, we've all heard of that. We've all known those people that, I mean, it is their job in the church to make sure everybody knows what they're doing wrong. I mean, it's their job in the church to make sure they make people feel guilty if they're not doing things exactly right, you know, if they're not maybe dressed as appropriate as they feel, or maybe the song they sang, it was just a little too worldly, you know, they're gonna let you know they judge every little thing and pick on people. And you know what? That should, you know, hopefully, that's not what we're going to get labeled. Oh, that church. I went and visited that church and boy, those people, they were just mean to me. They picked on every little fault I had. Everybody thought they were better than me. They were just judgmental. You know, and in other terms that people use many times are, you know, things like, you know, right winged, legalist, extremist, or Pharisee. And once again, I, I, I think the world does expect us to live up to a high standard. I don't believe you know, the world, you know, a lot of churches, they're so afraid of being looked at as judgmental. They literally, you know, they'll dress down, they'll bring everything down to the lost person's level so they don't appear to be judgmental. But listen, if you have an outward standard, okay, that's really high, people are going to be okay with that as long as you live it on the inside, too. You know what I'm saying? As long as it's something. That they can, people can tell if it's for real. They can tell if it's from the heart. And anybody can dress themselves up like a Christian. Anybody can dress themselves up like a fundamental Baptist. Or you could even dress up like Jesus Christ Himself. But you know what? If it's not for real, if it's not in your heart, people are going to be able to tell and they're going to have a problem with it. Because then, once again, you're just being phony and you're using these things to try to put on, you know, just make other people feel bad, make yourself feel good. And, you know, and a lot of times, things like the judgmental, I've seen too that lost people aren't usually the quickest to declare that. It's usually liberal Christians that get convicted when they see other Christians acting like Christians. If, you know, just because you get called judgmental, it doesn't always mean you are. However, we ought to try to, you know, be aware of what. You know, people think, well, I try to be aware of the testimony we're having and making sure that we're living in a way that honors Christ. And so hopefully, you know, the term that we would get is, and so people might not use this specific one today because there are so many groups out there that call themselves Christians. I mean, the Catholics call themselves Christians. Mormons call themselves Christians. You know, all, all these, you know, Protestant religions call themselves Christian. But, you know, when the world looks at you, if they were to nickname you something, would it be something 
that would associate you with Christ. And I, listen, I don't, I don't believe these people are the greatest example in the world. Obviously, you know, they've shown uh, they've got some issues too. But I remember uh, this was before any of the scandals happened with the Duggars. They were on The View and they were interviewing them and Michelle was pregnant with another baby. And, you know, Whoopi Goldberg, all right? Now, you all know how I feel about Whoopi Goldberg, all right? Uh, I don't feel very good about her. But, you know, she's a pretty wicked woman. Uh, you can tell she hates anything that's godly, anything that's of Christ. And she was being pretty quiet the whole time. She wasn't saying a whole lot during this interview. You could tell she was pretty uncomfortable. But it was the, one of the funniest things because they started asking about what they were going to name the next baby. If they had any baby names picked out. And, you know, and they, and all of a sudden the, you know, the ladies on there were kind of like throwing out these suggestions. And then all, and all of a sudden Whoopi Goldberg throws out a suggestion that you could tell she meant as an insult. But when I heard that, I was like, that was a really good compliment because the Duggars all use J names, right? And so what does she blurt out? Like the one thing she says, how about Jesus? Why would she say that for them? Why would she say that for a family who uses all J names? Maybe because they reminded her of Jesus. They reminded her of Christians. And even though she meant it as an insult, I was I saw that and I was like, that was a pretty good compliment. And so uh, you know, think you know, we ought to think about that. What would people call us? You know, because Christian it simply means you know like Christ or a little Christ. And you know, in other terms, you know, sometimes people they might like I said they might not use that term. They just might say, you know, hey, he's a good man, you know, or she's a good woman. Sometimes they might use a term like, hey, that person, they're the real deal. Okay, what are they saying? They're basically, you know, this person, it's not fake with them. And the term Christian, I believe it's one that I don't think we ought to go around declaring that upon ourselves and pronouncing ourselves as Christians. I believe it's one that we ought to earn. And I believe it's one that we are. And when people see things in their life that remind them of what they imagine Jesus doing. But here's the problem, all right? And so, and we could, I could stand here and talk the rest of the time about things we can do, you know, to make sure we have a good testimony and a good example. But sadly, though, while that term Christian, I think we all know what it means, whenever somebody does call you a Christian, they are saying that based off their perception of Jesus Christ, aren't they? Okay, that is how uh, you know people. If they do, if they call you a Christian, that means they see something in you that's based on how they perceive Jesus Christ. Now, let me ask you: Is the world's perception of Jesus Christ today accurate? Is most religions? Perception of Jesus Christ accurate today? No, it is not. Okay, there has been so much false doctrine that has made it into churches that has spread all over the place. People do not have a real good idea of who Christ is today. And the truth is, I believe back then, people, even the lost people, had a much better idea of what Christ was really like than people do today. Because the truth is, today, whenever you see people doing things like Christ. You hear people, well, that's not what Jesus would do. Jesus isn't like that. And then they will go and just spew all this ridiculous foolishness about what Jesus would do. And it's like, have you people ever read the Bible? You have no idea 
what Jesus would do. And many times today, when people act like Christians, they get called, or act like Jesus, they get called something completely opposite. And then, you got a bunch of these, you know, just weak, cowardly, liberal Christians that are out there that are just determined to be popular with the world. That are you know, determined to be loved by the world. And they, want, they believe doing anything that makes the world mad at you is not being Christian. Is not being like Christ. And the truth is, when we look a little deeper in the Bible, and we look at how the world looked at Christ and His followers, we'll find out Jesus nor His followers were ever very popular, were they? They were not popular people. And sadly, many people have they have literally perverted the idea of what Jesus would do. Go to Revelation chapter 19. For example, if you start talking about judgment, if you start talking about you know punishment, things like that, oh, Jesus was all about love. Just love, love, love. Jesus just came and he just he just loved everybody. Well, let's look at Revelation chapter 19, verse 11, alright? And listen, Jesus is loving. Okay, but Jesus is also just and righteous. And this world is wicked. Okay, and listen, He'll forgive sins. Why? Because He's loving. But if people will not accept the gift of salvation, if they will not accept Christ's forgiveness, then they're going to see something like this one of these days. In verse 11, And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. Oh, a white horse. Doesn't that sound so wonderful and nice and peaceful? Isn't This is a beautiful picture right here. And He that sat upon Him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness, He doth judge and make war. Uh Uh-oh, what happened there? I remember seeing a guy one time, he was given the plan of salvation, and he's saying all these wonderful things about Jesus. And one of the best things of all, He doesn't judge. Uh, He hadn't read Revelation 19, verse 11. In righteousness. And wait a minute, this is scary, okay? It says He judges in righteousness. Okay, Now, our world today... Our judges don't judge righteous judgments. Our Supreme Court has proved that over and over again. We have foolish judges. We have wicked judges in America today. But Jesus, when He comes, He's going to judge in righteousness. He does judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire. And on His head were many crowns. And He had a name written that no man knew, but He Himself and he was clothed in a vesture dipped in blood, and his name was called the Word of God. Whoa, vesture dipped in blood? What's this all about? I mean, and the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, and out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. See, he's going to rule them with a rod of iron. Not with a feather duster. A rod of iron he is going to rule them with, and he hath a vesture, and he hath upon his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, Come and gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God, that ye may eat the flesh of kings, and the flesh of captains, and the flesh of mighty men, and the flesh of horses. He's even going to kill the horses? 
What in the world? People get more mad about that than people dying. The horses too. And of them that sit on them, and the flesh of all men, both free and bond, both small and great. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them and had received the mark of the beast and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. Jesus throws the beast and the false prophet in the lake of fire. Now, do you all realize this, these two people that Jesus throws into the lake of fire alive are going to be one of the most loved politicians ever? And very possibly, I don't know this, I could be wrong, but very possibly, the Pope himself. The Holy Father, as people call Him. The guy who walks around just talking about peace amongst the nations and peace amongst the religions. And we've got to love this planet. We've got to take care of this planet. It could be Him. I don't know. It might, might be the next one. It might be two or three after Him. I don't know. But it's going to be a guy like Him that Jesus Christ is going to throw into the lake of fire. Verse 21, "...and the remnant were slain with the sword of Him that sat upon the horse, which sword proceedeth out of His mouth, and all the fowls were filled with their flesh." These people don't even get a proper burial. They don't even get a military-style funeral. Their bodies lay there, and the angel calls the birds of the earth to come and to eat their flesh. Story of Jesus Christ right here. This is what's coming. Jesus Christ is going to do this. And why is He going to do this? Is, is He going to do it just to do it? Or is He going to do it because this world is wicked? He's going to do it because of their sin. What is going on in the world today is absolute wickedness that has to be dealt with. That is who Jesus Christ is and that is what He is going to do. And I'm telling you, you start talking about stuff like this today, no, that's not Jesus. Jesus was this you know, sweet, you know, a little hippie fella with long hair that just went around hugging on people, loving on people, eating with the harlots and the publicans because he had no problem with them. Listen, Jesus did eat with those people, but he was ne he never condoned their sin. He would always try to he try to get them saved, and many of them were saved, and he would forgive them. You know why He would forgive those publicans and harlots? Because they asked for it. They recognized that they were sinners. They weren't continuing on in their sin and acting like it was no big deal. And Jesus is you know, just encouraging that. Remember what He said to the woman taken in adultery? He said, go and sin no more. And I believe she didn't do that anymore. I believe she got forgiveness. I believe she wanted forgiveness. And Jesus gave it to her. Jesus forgave the one thief on the cross who asked for it. But the one on the left who didn't ask didn't get it, did he? That one went to hell. The other one went to paradise. Okay, Why? Because Jesus Christ is righteous. But that is not the message that's getting out there today. That is not what people see. What people are seeing today is completely false. And we're seeing today where true Christians who preach the truth are being told they are not like Christ. And then you got these wimpy Christians out there who just don't know their Bible, all thinking, well, we can't have this. We've got to have a good testimony. Like We're supposed to make the world like us. But you're going to see that the world has never liked us. They didn't like Christ. What did they do to Christ? They killed Him, didn't they? 
And what did they do with the followers of Christ? They killed them. John the Baptist. Jesus was mistaken for John the Baptist. John the Baptist was mistaken for Jesus. There was probably never two people, or there was probably never anyone else that was more like Jesus Christ than John the Baptist. What happened to him? He got his head cut off. We talked a while back about Stephen. Stephen's another guy who probably got about as close as you can get. And what did they do to him? They stoned him, didn't they? All of the apostles were put to death according to history with the exception of John. And they tried to put him to death and it didn't work and they ended up exiling him to the Isle of Patmos. You know, that's based off of uh, tradition. But they were all hated. Why? Because they were like Christ. They were Christians. And to the world, that has always been a bad thing. Now, in America, for many years of our history, we were basically a Christian nation. We were mostly Christian people. Therefore, we didn't suffer a lot of persecution. Therefore, we, you know weren't necessarily the most unpopular people because such a large number of people in America were Christian. But we have lost that for sure today. That is not the case today. We clearly are not the minority today. We are losing ground greatly. And we are seeing, while today's Christianity is pretty popular, true Christians who are actually preaching the Bible are some of the most unpopular people in the world. And if you want to judge who is right based on the Bible, okay, I think it would be safer to say we should probably follow the people that are not liked more than the people that are liked. Because let's look at some of these passages the Bible teaches. Look in John 15, verse 19. You know, many preachers today they will they'll accurately get up and say you know that when the world sees you, they need to see Jesus. When the world sees you, they need to see Jesus. And then they'll tell you how you need to be all sweet and kind and don't judge and, you know, and you know, be a wimpy little sissy. Listen, but no. When the world sees you, they need to see Jesus. But what happens when the world sees Jesus? John fifteen nineteen. If ye were of the world, the world would love His own. But because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Y'all see that? Now, why can't the world hate us? Why can't the world hate Tommy McMurtry? Well, the world can't hate me because I'm a human just like they are. I'm one of them. Okay? And just me, in other words, in the flesh, okay, if I am in the flesh, the world will get along with me just fine because I'm made out of the same flesh that they are. Okay? And we're seeing today that Christians, quote Christians, are getting pretty popular with the world because churches turn into total worldliness and it's all about fleshly lust. Therefore, they are going to get along with the world just fine. But when we walk in the Spirit, okay, when we're following after Christ, then the world's going to hate you. And listen, if you're doing good, if you're doing anything that's like Christ, it's not because of you and your flesh. It's because of the Spirit of God that dwells in you. And when you walk in the Spirit, when you're walking in the Spirit, you're walking in the very Spirit of Jesus Christ, and therefore, the world's going to hate you. The world has always hated Christ. It will always hate Christ. And while we are in the Spirit and being obedient to the Spirit of Christ, the world will hate us. Jesus said it Himself. Not me. And listen, I, I'm not out. To, I don't try to get hated. Okay, I'm not going to go out there 
and try to make people hate me so I can wear it as a badge of honor. Hey, I got beat up yesterday, you know, because of cause of Christ. You know, and the truth is I was just being ignorant, you know, and you know listen, if you live godly, trust me, trouble will find you eventually, especially as this world gets more wicked. You don't have to ask for it. But you know, I'm not going to ask for it, but I'm not going to run from it either. I'm going to do the things I'm supposed to do. And I think we would all agree that this world is getting worse. I mean, our country, in the, just in the last, we were talking about it yesterday, in the last five years, it is horrible what has happened to this country morally. I mean, absolutely horrible what is going on. This world is getting worse and worse. Now, let me ask you, while things have changed in the world and things have changed a lot in America, has Jesus Christ changed at all? No, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, forever. So, if the world's changing and Christ isn't changing, should, shouldn't Christians be getting hated more today? But wait a minute. When it comes to the you know, mainstream Christianity, we're not hated more. So, I have to assume that most Christians today, you can kind of say, are just kind of tethered to the world. And as the world moves... The Christians, they're always, you know, they always keep a safe distance. They're never as bad as the world is. But I'm afraid as the world moves, they're moving right along with them. While Jesus Christ stays in the same place. Jesus Christ doesn't move one bit. And I'm afraid today that many quote unquote Christians are they are they are tied to the world. They've got about ten feet of difference between them, and they're comfortable with that. But in the, while this country is going downhill, they're getting farther and farther from Christ than ever. And we are seeing today that people who are doing things the Bible way, preaching the truth, are getting targeted more and more, being hated more and more. And I'm afraid that the case is those are the ones that are actually being like Christ. The ones that today are being told, you aren't like Christ. You're not doing what Jesus would do. Those are the ones that everybody's going after. And I don't know about you, but doesn't that kind of sound like what the Bible said would happen? It seems to line up pretty good. Let's look at a few more because, you know, there's a few things you can do, some things that we could do that could make the world like us. Go to Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6 and verse 22. We could always just tell the world what they want to hear, couldn't we? We could just do, I, you know, I, I could do Joel Osteen. I could never do his hairdo. I don't have enough, you know. But I can, you know, I can get an effeminate hair, you know, hairdo. Uh, you know, I can dress up like him. I can go practice my smiling and stuff, and you know, work on that a little bit. Maybe get the chip of my tooth fixed so it'll be a little more pleasant, you know, to people's eyes. Uh, you know, try some of that, and then just go tell them how, tell people how wonderful they are. Go take some psychology classes so I know exactly how to communicate and how to connect with people and just tell them what they want to hear. You know, how, how many psychology classes do you think Peter took? You know, guys like him, they just got up and let it rip, didn't they? They just they just preached. You know, they just they just let her rip. They didn't do none of that. But you know, if we did that, we could be liked, we could be popular, we could tell the people what they want to hear. You know, let them live wicked all week and then come and then soothe their conscience and just talk about, oh, and then, you know, we could pervert the message of grace. But let's look at Luke 6.22. The Bible says, Blessed are ye when men shall hate you and when they shall separate you from their company and shall reproach you and cast out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. 
Rejoice ye in that day, and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven, for in like manner did their fathers unto the prophets. And then jump down to verse 26. Look at this. Woe unto you, when all men shall speak well of you, for so did their fathers to the false prophets. Now, do we believe the Bible here or not? All right, Do we take the Bible literally here or not? If we're popular with the world, isn't that bad? If we're popular with the world, do does, are we going to miss a blessing? And not only are we going to be a, miss a blessing, when the Bible says, whoa, that's a curse. If we are loved by the world, if we're the most popular people in town, doesn't the Bible teach there's a curse that comes with that? That's what they do to the false prophets? Do or did something just change in the last 2,000 years? No. Jesus said, hey, they all loved the false prophets back in the old days. And that's the same thing today. People love the false prophets. They're going to be the most popular people. They're going to be the most loved. But the Bible says, woe unto them. Those are the ones I believe are going to say, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied thy name? And thy name cast up devils. Thy name done many wonderful works. He's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. They're going to go to hell. Who cares how much money you get on this earth, how popular you are on this earth, if you're just going to get thrown into hell for all eternity? That, I don't know about you, I don't want that. And the Bible says that there's a blessing. It tells you to leap for joy. Now, I don't know one person that has ever, when they've been persecuted for righteousness, that jumped for joy. And I'm not, you know, and I, I don't know for sure that Jesus is actually... I believe He told us to leap for joy. Okay, But at the same time, I believe if we knew what was in store for us when we're persecuted for the cause of Christ, I believe we would leap for joy. Therefore, even though you're not going to feel like leaping for joy when you get persecuted, I think by faith you ought to go ahead and do it. You know what? Because if you did, if you knew the reward that was waiting for you in heaven, you would leap for joy. Just like if you got a million dollars, you'd jump for joy, you'd whoop and holler a little bit. And if we knew what was in store for us because we were persecuted for righteousness, I believe you wouldn't be able to stop them from leaping for joy. It would happen for sure. You'd probably be turning cartwheels. Even if you can't do a cartwheel, you'd probably figure out how to do one because you'd be so excited. But you know, so but if we just tell people what we want, to, they want to hear, lie to them. We could be popular, but you know what? The Bible tells us that there's a blessing on those who are persecuted who tell the truth. There's a curse on those who don't. Look at what John chapter seven verse seven says, and this kind of lines up with what we read in John chapter fifteen. But it says, "The world cannot hate you, but me it hated, because I testify of it that the works thereof are evil." Okay, understand when. You're telling the truth. If you're doing the right thing, if us as a church are doing the right thing and the world hates us, you can't take it personal. We are not capable of being hated on our own. We are too much like the world. We are flesh just like they are. But once again, if we're walking in the Spirit, okay, it's not us. It's Jesus Christ. Okay, Any good that we do, any real good we do, all credit ought to go to Jesus Christ for it. All glory should go to Him for it. And therefore, if we are doing good and we're being hated for it, it's not us that's getting hated. It's Jesus Christ that is getting hated. And so, and right here we see that the reason that they hated Jesus Christ is He testified that their works were evil. 
Jesus did that. Jesus, who doesn't judge, He said, your works are evil. I think if Jesus did it and we're supposed to be like Christ, shouldn't we be doing the same thing? Shouldn't we be pointing this stuff out? And I don't even like talking about it, but it, it's still, you know, stupid LGBT Pride Month. They're doing the gay pride parade things this week, just promoting wickedness. I mean, just vile, disgusting trash being celebrated by our own president, being promoted, the news media, just covering it like it's this wonderful thing. Politicians marching in these parades. I mean, just only words I can think of to explain are too bad to say in church. I mean, it's just, it's disgusting. It is that wicked. And you know what? It's that people are, the people that are out there actually preaching the truth about this stuff, they are. They're being persecuted. They're being attacked. And you know what? I, what makes me more mad, I expect the world to do that. I expect the news media to attack the people that are telling the truth. But when I see Christians starting to bash these people, when they start bashing the preachers that actually have the guts to tell the truth, that teach the truth about homosexuality, that you know that the Bible still teaches even in the New Testament the death penalty for that kind of thing, and they're getting bashed for it, and you know I expect the news media to lie about them. You know, preachers that preach that you know homosexuality is should be punished by death or perversion. I guess I, I you know I'm I hear those terms so much I use them sometimes, and we shouldn't use terms like homosexuality. You know what the Bible says. God made them male and female. There's male and there's females, and there's male and females that get wicked and turn into perverts. Okay, and you know, I, I, I need to practice not using those terms. You need to practice not using those terms. Don't say gay, lesbian, all that. You know, just you need to call it what it is. They're perverts, and I expect the world to attack that. But then when Christians and preachers start attacking the guys that are telling the truth on that subject, I'm sorry. I'm ashamed of those people. I'm embarrassed by those people. I'm not embarrassed by the people telling the truth that are hated by the world. I'm embarrassed by the preachers and the Christians and the Baptists that are loved by the world. I don't want to, I don't want to associate with those people. I don't want to have anything to do with those groups because, you know, we are not supposed to be liked. We are supposed to rebuke sin. But if you don't, if you don't bring it up, oh, I can't bring up their sin because I'm just a sinner too. So now we can't preach against sin in church? John the Baptist preached against sin. Paul preached against sin. Peter preached against sin. Those guys were all sinners and they preached against sin. We've been commanded to preach against sin. Truth is, you're sinning if you don't preach against sin. We have to do, we have to do that kind of thing. But look, if you're ashamed of God... God will be ashamed of you. Oh, no, no. When, when, when God looks at us, all He can see is Jesus. And it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter how much sin still in your life. All God can see is Jesus. Well, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 says, For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. Be not thou, for, be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord nor of me his prisoner. But be thou partaker of the afflictions of the Gospel according to the power of God. You know what he's saying here? Hey, don't be ashamed. Now, why would they be ashamed? Well, because Paul's a prisoner. 
Hey, do you see what they're doing to Christians right now? They're calling them haters. They're calling them all kinds of things. They're being attacked. They're protesting at their churches. Look at what they're doing to churches. Oh, I don't want to be associated with that. I don't want people to look at me like that. Hey, don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed for those things. You know, be a partaker of the afflictions. We ought to be willing to join in it. We ought to be willing to take some grief ourselves. We ought to be ready for that. And I'm here to tell you too, we better expect that because this world's not getting better. This type of preaching is being attacked more and more. It's going to be illegal before too long. And you know what? I'm not going to waste my time being a preacher and I can't even tell the truth. As long as I'm pastoring, I'm going to tell the truth. I'm going to tell it like it is. And so... um, you know, when it becomes illegal or whatever, then you know I'm just I'm going to have to deal with the persecution. You know, we're a small church right now. We're not well known. You know, we can fly under the radar without even trying to fly under the radar. But if the day ever comes, I'm still going to preach the truth. I'm not going to waste my time getting up here just you know lying to people. That does you and me no good. I might as well go fishing on Sunday. And I'm telling you, a lot of these churches that are out there doing that type of stuff, every one of them will be better off shutting their churches down and spending their Sundays fishing for fish. Because they're doing no good for the cause of Christ. They're making it look bad. They've turned Jesus into something He is not. Something He never claimed to be. Luke 9.23 And He said unto them, and He said to them all, If any man will come after Me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow Me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. For what is a man advantage if he gain the whole world and lose himself or be cast away? For whosoever shall be ashamed of me and of my words, of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he shall come in his own glory and in his Father's and of the holy angels. Y'all hear that? People say, oh, I can't preach this way. I'm a bivocational pastor. I can't preach that way. I could get fired from my other job. Oh well. Oh, you know, I can't go to your church. If it gets labeled as a hate church or something, I could lose my job. I might lose friends. Did you all read that passage right there? If you're going to be ashamed of the truth, if you're going to be ashamed of Christ, when He comes back, He's going to be ashamed of you. Is that what you want? Do you want Him, when you see Him on Judgment Day, to just look at you and... Boy, you really made me look bad. And who's the ones that make them look bad? Not the ones preaching the truth that the world hates. The one who will refuses to be hated by the world. The one who's trying to save their life. Those are the ones Jesus is going to be ashamed of. And there are. There's preachers out there today getting in all kinds of trouble from the world for preaching the truth. And other Christians, Baptists, are saying, I'm ashamed of them. Well, let me tell you, God's going to be ashamed of you. Because you're afraid of the truth. You're trying to hang on to what you have. You don't want to lose your job. A lot of these churches that are out there, they turn into these businesses, these organizations, and they're not taking any chance of losing all that they have built. They're afraid of losing people because they're so much in debt that they're not going to be able to pay their bills. And they are. They're just trying to hang on. They're trying to build these Christian organizations. And I'm going to tell you right now, when Jesus Christ returns, based on what we read in the Bible, He is going to be ashamed of those people. And you know what? I'm ashamed of them right now too. I'm ashamed of Christians and preachers that won't preach the truth. I'm embarrassed by them. I'm embarrassed at what you know the name of Christ has turned into. Turn them into this you know peace 
loving greasy hair, environmentalist hippie. I'm I'm sick of it. That is not Jesus Christ. You can't find that in the Bible. Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the Gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. You know what? Who cares if the world hates what we're teaching? Who cares if the world hates this stuff and they don't want to hear it? I'm not going to be ashamed of it because you know what? This message is what can get people saved. This is the message that can change their eternal destination and say, you know what? I'm not, I'm not ashamed. I'm going to keep on preaching it. I don't care what they say. I don't care what they do. I'm going to keep on preaching it. Because I'm not out there trying on purpose to make people hate me. But I am trying to be like Christ. And you cannot find anywhere in the Scriptures where being like Christ is going to make you popular and make people love you. It's you, in fact, you'll find the opposite. And so, how should the world feel about believers? Well, they ought to feel about us the same way they feel about Jesus Christ, and it's not good. And I hope you're ready for that. And you can, who who are you more scared of? You're more scared of how the world looks at you. You're more scared of how Jesus is going to look at you in Judgment Day. I'd fear Christ if I were you. So with that, let's all stand together.